But I apologise for drunk texting you. <laughs> That's quite all right. I, I must Saying, have... share I my you... hemorrhoid post. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Ha ha. <laughs> yes. I decided... My first night out in two years, I went out with a couple of friends and we decided we'd do it before lockdown eased so that in the vague hope it would be slightly safer. Which it was, but not on my liver. <laughs> We just went to me like, oh, look at the amazing things behind the bar. Look at all the shiny bottles. Let's try all of them. (laughs) Was this just in a country pub or was this like a Manchester bar? Canal Street in Manchester. We went on a bar crawl. (laughs) By a canal? (laughs) That sounds dangerous. Oh, yeah. Well, Tom, I I suggest you Google the Manchester pusher. (laughs) (laughs) Several several people have died over the years along this canal down Manchester. And everyone always comes out and goes, oh, oh, it's terrible. It's the Manchester pusher. Someone's oh, come phantom. in and someone's come yeah. in there. The phantom pusher has murdered them all. No, they were just absolutely off their tits walking down a darkened canal after a night out. <laughs> was this phantom p- pusher an elephant? <laughs> By any chance? <laughs> a pink elephant, yes. A pink elephant, yes. <laughs> just the, like the ones shown on bottles of delirium tremens. <laughs> Nelly the elephant, back to you! In the canal, <laughs> the way to the circles. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Something like that, I think. <laughs> But then, of course, rumours of the pusher inspired actual pushers who were just other drunks over the years. Mm. Always does, doesn't it? Always does. That's why Fred West's house had to be taken down brick by brick, you know? Yes. Trophy hunters, imitators, all these horrible, twisted individuals. Yes. Yeah. The Northwest's third greatest Fred West impersonator, Frank East. (laughs) Don't want to encourage it, Tom. We don't want to encourage it. If you, you if you go to southern Spain on holiday in the summer, every bar has got a Fred West impersonator. I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as many Fred West impersonators on the Costa del Sol <laughs> as there are former Cockney gangsters claiming they knew the craze. Love That's their true. mothers. Love their mothers. <laughs> That's true. I'm still imagining I'm still imagining people dressed as Fred West crooning <laughs> Elvis hits. <laughs> <laughs> Drive you to the moor and <laughs> not Elvis, but it's good. Okay, we're doing this, are we? <laughs> and I can't help burying bits of you. <laughs> Don't step on my bloodstained shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Some might slay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is awful. This is the kind of thing they had to take down the house to stop. A little less conversation, a little more burying. <laughs> yeah, a little more stabbing, baby. Should we do a podcast? Mm. Yeah, let's do a podcast. A podcast. Let's do a codcast. A codcast. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Hello, cod. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that really was a flying fish. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Was Genius, the little history podcast in which Tom... Hello. ...and Sam, hello, discuss history stories on a theme each week. It is the last episode before our little summer break, and so this is going out exclusively to patrons for the first week, and then we're going to release it to the public. Uh, Sorry, patrons, but I haven't discussed this with Tom. We could edit it out. I'll give you a little discount off your monthly fees. That's fine. Whatever you fancy, Sam. You're in charge. I completely trust you. Sweet. I've got the customer service sorted. You, uh, you keep <laughs> I run, the business side of things rolling. I run the finances, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with your 30p this month, Tom? <laughs> oh, how are we going to invest that? <laughs> we could give all of our patrons a tweet. A we, tweet? 
a treat sweet is what I was going for there. The way we got fun sized Twix. Probably uh, best they get into jelly bean. We're not going to do that, patrons. Um, if you're listening to this later on, uh, then you could have joined the fun a week earlier and been one of the cool kids by going to patreon.com/slash that was genius. Ordinarily. You don't get to hear the patron episodes at all, but because we're on a little summer sabbatical, we thought we'd treat you to this one. Uh, what's our theme this week, Tom? It's gardening week this week. Gardening it is gardening week, week as selected yeah. by Tom. That's right. Yeah, and I this was actually a good suggestion. <laughs> all right. I know. I mean, it was I, I, it was a bit off the cuff, but it was a good suggestion because I found a topic quite quickly, and it's a good topic. It's a silly topic. Oh, excellent. I excellent, haven't actually excellent. done oh. audience feedback because I was going to leave that to the next public episode. Which oh, that's fine. Which is going to be that's about four weeks' time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll save up some feedback. Hopefully there'll yeah. be some feedback next and time. Then we... we'll have, then we'll have two yeah. <laughs> when we come back after our break. <laughs> two bits of feedback. Well, we actually have had some, but, uh, but we won't do it this week because this really is an exclusively patrons episode the for three. a week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's gardening. And yeah, this was definitely a topic benefiting you in the first place because you're quite green-fingered. Not that that really mm. helps you with historical research, uh, but I literally kill everything with love that is green and in my garden. Including leprechauns. Including leprechauns, uh, frogs, other mythical creatures. A <laughs> frog is a mythical creature. <laughs> they do exist, Sam. Just put what? that out there. Fuck off. <laughs> not, buying into, not buying this bullshit again. Next, next you'll be telling me Austria is real. Mm, it is, and it's not the same as Australia either. No. Um, yeah, no. Frogs are definitely, re- uh, definitely real, and you, you might be mixing them up with unicorns. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Fine. Right. Uh, it's my turn to go first this week. Isn't it? <laughs> go for it. I'm quite excited, Tom. I'm giddy, literally so giddy. I just can't hide it. Fair enough. Whoa, whoa, I- whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I want to, I want to. Crack on, because we're 12 minutes into the recording. Uh, yeah, I found a really good one this week, Tom. I found a really good story. I'm quite pleased with myself. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I've only sent you the title to make sure we weren't doing the same thing. I and would the title have been, sounds great. Yeah, I would have been unbelievably surprised if you'd come across this same story. <laughs> <laughs> this is niche. <laughs> Because, Tom, for the first time on this podcast, I've got a bit of historical Romanian folklore for you. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I don't think we've ever touched on Romanian history or folklore before. No, what, what was the... Uh, oh, we've, that, that we've done Olga of Kiev. Yeah, that's who I was thinking about, Olga of Kiev. Yeah, yeah. She, she obviously wasn't Romanian. Uh, she was a chicken Kiev. <laughs> Only except, uh, yeah, I was going to say, except (laughs) she didn't have a garlicky centre, she had a bitter, vengeful centre. But a delicious, crispy exterior. Uh, Covering breadcrumbs. This week, Tom, I'm doing the rags to riches story of an illegitimate bastard prince turned gardener, yes, it's on topic, who woos a princess with his outlandish dress sense and an absolute disregard for any kind of actual gardening. Right. Which, seemingly, in Romanian folklore, is apparently the greatest attribute a handsome, charming prince can aspire to, is to be terrible at gardening. But well-dressed. <laughs> but very well-dressed. Right. This, Tom, is the quite amusingly named story of Fat Frumos with the Golden Hair. <laughs> yeah, see? See, listeners? I told you it was good. Fat Frumos with the Golden Hair. Not to be confused with sugar-free frubes with the apricot flavouring, 
Petit Velu with the raspberry chunks or Muller Corner with the chocolatey balls. <laughs> what was that joke? I just decided fat frumos sounded like a yoghurt. <laughs> no? <laughs> uh, well, I'll go with it. Yeah, no, let's roll with that. I'm happy. I think I I almost like better the fact that it didn't make any sense to begin I with, and I well. imagine won't make any sense to any international listeners who don't know British yogurt brands, of which there are probably <laughs> some, <laughs> which made it so out there that it was good. That it was sort of good. <laughs> but no, Tom, this isn't a hilarious yogurt synonym. No, it's fat frumos, which in Romanian means handsome son. <laughs> Oh, he's so fat and beautiful. Um, he's a recurring character in Romanian mythology and is quite the Hercules-like character, uh, but more impish and naughty rather than bloodlusty and accidentally murdering his family uh, And a bit which fatter. Is, <laughs> and quite a lot chunkier, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a bit more corpulent. Yes, he's more of a more of a shot putter. He's definitely got the Eastern European physique going on, <laughs> sporting physique. <laughs> And um, the Speedos. <laughs> yes, but also the Speedos. So quite often in the stories in which he features, of which there are a lot, he's incredibly famous in Romania. He appears on stamps and, and everything. Uh, I, I mean, he appears on stamps. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go too the much. The stamps in. then appear on everything. The stamps appear on everything, uh, as yeah. long as that thing gets posted. Uh, <laughs> is that how it works? All you have to do is put really a stamp is. on it. It will get posted. Uh, well, and an address. So and if I put, put a stamp a on box. the Taj Mahal with an address? I once sent back a rug that I bought in India from a very small town and the post office in said very small town only had five rupee stamps and they figured that the cost of sending this thing back to England, it was quite a large carpet uh, wrapped in hessian, was £20, which is incredibly reasonable. Incredibly reasonable. Yeah. But they only had five rupee stamps, so we had to literally put 400 stamps. Wow. <laughs> I've still got the wrapping framed somewhere. Crikey. It was a not, thing just, of not just one on top of the other. You actually had to put them side by side. Side by side, and each of them had to be individually stamped. <laughs> right, so how much it would have... Yeah, wow. It took 45 minutes. The rest of the queue in the post office was livid. <laughs> It's not even a good carpet. <laughs> yes, it's been it's done. It's been had. None of us yes. buy these carpets. <laughs> it is made from the yak's ass hair. <laughs> so not only, not only is Indian post office is the next man in the queue from Arabia, <laughs> <laughs> but he's been importing yaks. <laughs> yaks on the northern <laughs> mountainous <laughs> regions of India. Possibly you do. I know for a fact you can I'm get a yak. <laughs> I bought one once off an Iraqi. <laughs> so quite often in these stories, uh, Frumos, the youngest son of a king, he's always the youngest son of a king, is guided through mysterious and often cryptic events by his wise old friend Kalul Nazdravan. That's uh, better. That's a Romanian yes. name. <laughs> well, it means the marvellous horse. <laughs> so, if ever, so if you ever meet anyone called Kalul Nazdravan, <laughs> um, who is indeed a horse, and whose yeah. advice is usually along the lines of, should we stop and have some sugar lumps? Oh, fuck a plastic bag. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Quite often, Fat, who is obviously charming, I've loyal... I've raced twice and I've sprained my ankle. <laughs> yes. Send me to be killed. <laughs> yes. 
Mmm, glue, glue, glue. <laughs> glue and dog meat for me. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to be turned into a Findus lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> That's us, the price. Quite often... Uh, <laughs> Quite often, Fat, who is obviously charming, loyal, brave, strong, and loving, uh, as well as a hunker, hunker, burning man, is faced with a difficult challenge and has to use his intuition and common decency to do what he knows is right, even if it causes him pain. These are very, very Eastern European stories, I should add, Tom. In one particular story, he asks an old lady which path to take at a fork in the road. She replies, If you turn right, you will be in sorrow. If you turn left, you will be in sorrow as well. <laughs> Either way, you fucked young man. Now piss off off my lawn, this you This is little... Eastern Europe. <laughs> yes. Everywhere there is sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take left fork, no food. Take right fork, no food. <laughs> uh, anyway, today's story comes from a collection called Legende Sau Basmele Romanilor or Romanian fairy tales, first collected and published from oral storytelling traditions in 1872 by Petra Ispirescu. It dates back at least 100 years, if not way more before that, though. Here we go. One day, a hermit is fishing by the river when a box floats up to the banks next to him, and inside is a tiny baby. So far, so mythical. Along with a note saying that his mother was a queen who had erred and had gotten rid of the boy to avoid her parents' wrath. Not being a totally irresponsible fuck like either of his biological parents, the hermit <laughs> takes the baby in. Fat, being a magical, mystical creature, uh, merely winks at the corner of the hut and a grapevine appears to provide food for him. Handy, given the hermit's lack of tits. Um, <laughs> I'll have wine, please. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Unfortunate. I can't get milk, I'm going to have wine. Uh, yes, just have a nice little shabbly. So, uh, very handy given the hermit's lack of tits, but unfortunate due to grapes being an infant choking hazard. Yeah, it's got to slice all of them in half. You do, yeah. A lot of work yep. for a little hermit. It uh, is. <laughs> either way, uh, it clearly uh, clearly was nutritious enough for him because fat Frumo grows up to be a beautiful young boy. And as soon as he's reached adulthood, the old hermit decides to do the decent thing and die. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> More grapes for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, he just announces one day... Fat, you are grown. Now I will die. <laughs> because Eastern Europe. <laughs> I should have died five years ago, but I have been I have dragged myself for five years through this for you. <laughs> Every day I struggle not to die. <laughs> Drawn on only, only by my love for you, little boy. Okay, I'm off. <laughs> and the grapes. And the wine. <laughs> I haven't had a solid meal in 18 years. <laughs> I do not grapes. remember my name. <laughs> my legs have fallen off with the diabetes. <laughs> Very Eastern <laughs> European story. <laughs> Man gets drunk, finds baby. <laughs> gets baby drunk, dies. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> now stand for the Soviet national anthem. <laughs> um, so yes, he announces that uh, that Fat has to piss off now because there's a lion coming to dig his grave. Uh, the hermit, that is. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously. Hold on. Um, now this is very similar to a saint that I did in an episode. He had a lion come and dig him a hole. 
It's a th- it's a recurring theme. Uh, why is why do lions like digging holes for people so much? I don't know, but if you've got a premonition that you're going to die, a lion turning up at your gaff and burying you alive is going to fucking do it, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong. He's fucked. <laughs> Maybe lions used to be burrowing creatures, like stoats or weasels. <laughs> oh, burrow, not borrowing creatures. <laughs> like borrowers. Hey, hey, can I have that? Can I have that for a couple of months? Yeah, can, I, can I have you borrow your guitar? Oi, oh, mate, mate. Can I bum a fag? <laughs> oh, that's a nice book. Can I have that book? I'll give it back once to you, you. Once you finish with it. Um, <laughs> has anyone got a trailer I can borrow? I've <laughs> got a load of drywall I need to take down a skip. <laughs> <laughs> a load of soil from digging up a hole. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask, uh, don't ask what's going in there. Um, just need a trailer. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, the old man announces that he's going to die and be buried by a lion, so you better, you better fuck off. Uh, and he gives Fat a pair of magical horse reins he'd been hiding up in the loft for a special occasion, telling him that by shaking them, a wise horse would appear bearing gifts, wisdom and friendship. Would, uh, <laughs> would probably have been useful to know that at some point in the last decade or so, old man. Christmases have been frankly lean, with only a single grapevine to keep us going, and whilst I'm grateful for the life-saving and all, there's only so much I have in common with a 90-year-old mad as a sack of cat's hermit living in a tree stump. But hey-ho, better late than never. <laughs> now just let's see if this Hawks has an Xbox for me. <laughs> just a thought. Ten years ago, yeah, we could have actually been very wealthy as a yes. result of this very wise horse. No, I agree with you, yes. Sam. It's stupid. <laughs> Gonna put it out there, old man. A magical horse could have set us up for life. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, very glad you kept his reins for a rainy day. <laughs> so what does this wise horse say, then? Well, well, Tom, the uh, horse... You know, you know, it's been a long time. As they say in Cicero, one should not... I don't know. I don't know any Cicero. <laughs> <laughs> Once more into the breach, I suppose. So you, you're going to have to quote some Latin here because I don't know any. Donus rectum rectum. Donna meet up the ass. <laughs> So the horse didn't speak Latin, unfortunately. Uh, well, it spoke Romanian. It would be much easier to understand that way. Um, but it did have some clothes and some good advice. A clothes, it was wearing clothes or it had clothes for fatty? It had clothes for fatty. So fatty uh, had been naked the whole time. Ten years, been eating grapes you, naked. Living with a mad old 90-year-old hermit. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> but then here comes the horse with a gift card for Giacomo. <laughs> Some plus-size clothes for plus-size fat. Uh, so, so the horse rocked up with some with some new threads for him and some good advice. No, get a job with the fairies a few miles away. <laughs> Why? Well, Tom, translated quote from Romanian, the horse told him that every seven years their outhouse had a flow of gold that would turn anyone's hair that touched it into gold. Stick your head under the shitter. Yes. Oh, what a treat. Every seven years, the dunny gets so clogged it literally flows piss so stale it'll dye your hair if you stick your head in it. Which presumably, <laughs> as the hired help, they're there to assist three prissy fairies who don't like getting their feet or heads wet or using a plunger, was part of the job. <laughs> L- little known fact, that's how uh, Australian outbackers dye their mullets. I, I believe so, yes. Mm. Yeah. In the dunny. <laughs> When the dunny's going runny. <laughs> Time to have some funny. Who wants their mallets, Dan? 
<laughs> Incidentally, Tom, these fairies also had a magical chest containing three fabulous multicoloured suits. I'll let you insert your own comments here about three fairies with fabulous suits living together, or just make a Kenneth Williams-esque noise if you fancy. <laughs> So one one day, the fairies went to a party and told Fat to call them if the bathroom flowed with gold. (laughs) It did, Tom, but rather than call them, the horse told Fat to dive right in, (laughs) steal the clothes, hop on his back and flee. Uh, Quite what mushrooms Fat found in the forest, I don't know, but later that night he found himself in a piss-stained Technicolor dream cloak, flying through the woods on the back of a talking horse. <laughs> that sounds a, little bit of, sounds a little bit like the never-ending story. With that <laughs> kid never- riding on the back of that dragon. Yeah. Never-ending uh, yeah, I mean, story. There's a mushroom trip right there. Oh. <laughs> I'm in a dunny. <laughs> Covered in shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the never-ending story meets that scene from Train Spotting where he dives yeah. into the shitter to get his drugs out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, Fat finds himself fleeing through the forest towards a great palace in the distance. Uh, rather than do anything too dramatic straight off, uh, presumably he was in a bit of a come down at this point. He covered his golden hair in rags and spent the next few years working in the palace garden as an assistant gardener, presumably hoping the smell of the asparagus from the vegetable patch would cover his own now somewhat mature (laughs) odour. He he got to know the plants, tend the vegetables... Lots of tomcats round here. (laughs) I know, yes. Always spraying. (laughs) Can't move for him. Can't move for him. (laughs) No, that one was the horse. That's definitely just the horse. So he got to know the plants, tend the vegetables and trim the grass. And, oh Tom, he couldn't give a fuck about it. Because he had his eyes on the king's youngest daughter. See, one day, the king's three daughters rocked up demanding he gave them some big juicy melons. (laughs) Which he did. By way of some fucking bizarre fruit-based divination and thinly veiled reference to menstruation, the oldest and middle daughter's fruits were nice and ripe, so they were married off. This is very, the young... much, very old Goldilocks. And, um, it is, isn't it? The one woman being a bit too, a bit too hot. No. The middle, one, the middle one being a bit... No. I'm likening the, I'm likening the daughters to porridge. Yes. Which is probably why I had a little bit of difficulty courting <laughs> at university. <laughs> you have the complexion, my darling, of porridge. <laughs> and you smell like um, porridge. Porridge. <laughs> you make me happy when I'm around you like porridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could I mix my oats and milk in you. With you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, oh Jesus. Yes, it's amazing that Eva has got married, really, isn't it? Because uh, <laughs> you were doing that and I had blue hair. You did have blue hair, yeah. Yeah. So the youngest daughter was nearly there. Her melon was not yet quite ripe. And so she was locked back in her room until she was old enough to be married off to some prick for political favours. But Fat Tom was infatuated, and one day, whilst the rest of the royals were off partying, he undid his long golden hair from under its rags and pulled out the first suit he'd stolen from the fairies. A suit like a flowering meadow. Is that what it says? 
Yeah, that, it says like a, a suit like a flowering meadow in that it was full of fucking bees and dicks. <laughs> ah, fuck! <laughs> fucking Lyme's disease. <laughs> yes. I've been in the garden it, all year and I haven't had a single thing wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. Put this jacket on and I've got a fucking tick eating me. <laughs> and it set me hay fever off. <laughs> so he put on this, uh, this suit of grass and and jumped on the back of the horse galloping around the garden and fucking up the roses something proper like a teenager doing donuts outside his crush's house in a 1991 voxel nova the princess was besotted she bribed the rightly pissed off her gardener not to kick the shit out of his assistant with a handful of gold and went on her way a short while later the royals went off partying again fat once again let down his hair pulled on a suit like a starry night <laughs> this this one's like a starry night <laughs> yeah right got on in that it had light up leds actually <laughs> seeing my shooting star <laughs> oh yes chapless bottoms it's a full moon <laughs> <laughs> sorry bottomless chaps <laughs> arseless trousers <laughs> Ah, tonight's entertainment, the bottomless chaps. (laughs) Between the six of us, we've got no buttocks. (laughs) We've got twelve little mounds and six little ain't I. That's the six of us. Two have got piles. And one's got a strange little cyst. <laughs> one's one rear of the year, and the other one's skid marks are clear. We're just <laughs> six full moons tonight. <laughs> a barber shot quartet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, so yes, uh, Fat pulled on a suit like a starry night, got on his horse and let it gallop around and shit all over the garden again. (laughs) This time the princess was giddy as a kitten in a laser pointer factory and gave the gardener two handfuls of gold to keep shtum. There's a third party. This time Fat goes all out. He hops on the wise old horse and completely ruins the garden so badly it will never be repaired. what What is he wearing? Come on. Well, Tom, he's wearing a suit like the sun, the moon, and the stars all in one. Wow. Wow. He's dressed like Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, he sounds like any young teenager who's found fame a little too quickly, doesn't he? It's a, bit, a little Liberace esque. <laughs> little bit, little bit holiday in Bangkok. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. He's bought a suit for 50 quid. <laughs> I want that fa- Are you sure you want that fabric? I want that fabric. I want that fabric. I want a tiger on each arse cheek. And I want that yeah. And I want that lining. Are you sure you want that Yo. lining? I want that lining. A flare still fashionable. I don't care. I don't care. I want flares. Flares. <laughs> what about peacock feathers? Got any of those? Yes. Now, talk to me about hats. <laughs> yeah. If it's got a big brim, I'm on in. <laughs> I'm all over that shit. <laughs> so the princess is absolutely in love with this, Tom. Uh, she has strange taste, but she's young and stupid. The gardener is so furious, he takes his three handfuls of gold as a bribe and quits on the spot. But Fat is just a gardener, and their love can never be. The king starts to worry shortly after this about why his daughter is so sad, despite the fact that her melons are now lovely and ripe. <laughs> <clears throat> 
So he holds a challenge to let her marry for love because now he's got two perfectly good political alliances out of his kids. He gets everyone in the kingdom to walk under the palace gates whilst the princess sits at the top with an apple. This is, I don't know, there's a bit of a gap as to why we're talking about this and why this is the challenge. Uh, So for reasons unknown, her way of signalling the man she wants to marry is to chuck an apple at him. Of course it is. Of course it is. Why not? It's a fairy tale after all. All the princes and nobles pass first. No apple. All the merchants, Tom. Not the slightest fruit-based concussion. The farmers, heads untarnished by Granny Smith, Cox or Pink Lady alike. Fat is the last man in the kingdom to pass, the lowest of the low. And she conks him on the head with the apple. Not once, Tom. Not once, because the king says that doesn't count. (laughs) He makes the whole procession do it again. Twice she hits him on the head. Three times she hits him on the head with an apple, just to be sure. Just to humiliate all the other men in the village. Absolutely. (laughs) Try again. Smile harder. (laughs) Yes, be fitter. <laughs> Push your paunch out. <laughs> Wiggle that ass. Teeth and ass. Teeth and ass. Come on, boys. DNA. <laughs> Maybe a little music. Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm an eligible prince. No time to talk. I thought you prepared uh, but... something there. I thought you started. No, I thought we that's were going to through the whole song. That's all I've got. <laughs> going long enough already (laughs) crack on the king is furious but he does relent and they marry being given a lowly cottage on the edge of the palace grounds the rejected nobles as you said Tom it's a kick in the teeth so the rejected nobles get together offended as they are by the rejection and launch a civil war against the king Fat helps the king defeat it with the tactical advice of his horse. (laughs) Have you tried running at them? (laughs) Have you tried kicking them in the cock? Slightly longer, Spears. Yes. (laughs) Have you thought about that? Have you tried whinnying loudly? (laughs) So yes, he jumps on the horse and dons his fanciest suit, despite the king only letting the gardener prince come along as a water carrier in the first place. Unfortunately, with his hair flowing golden and stinking behind him, and in his most fabulous suit, no one recognises him, even as he leads the army to glory. Next, the king begins to go blind and sends all his three sons-in-law on a mission to find a magical curing goat whose blood and milk can fix him. <laughs> I don't know. Again, lacking context. Fat finds the goat and agrees to spit and agrees to split the glory. I thought the you other... would say spit roast the goat there for a moment. Spit roast the goat. Well, <laughs> afterwards. There's gratitude I say, for I you. say, chaps, it's been a, it's been a long month looking for this goat. <laughs> Our wives are all at home. Anyone? <laughs> Anyone fancy going a little bit of Greek plate? (laughs) A little bit of classical art. So he agrees to split the glory if the other two Ponzi noblemen agree to become his slaves, which they do, thinking they could just kill him quietly later. Unfortunately, Fat is way ahead of them, and when they're not looking, he brands them on the arse. (laughs) What with? With his... With a hot poker. Oh yeah, well, yeah was it like um, L- literally brands them? Yeah. W- what was the brand? Was it? Was it? Um, oh, um, thou fat arse. Fat arse. Oh. <laughs> Here lieth the fat arse. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, just a heart tattoo with <laughs> his name through it. Yeah. Um, so, the, <laughs> so the two noblemen, despite being branded on the arse, think they can just kill him quietly later, and no one will ever know. At the celebratory feast, though, before they can top him off, he whips out his long blonde hair and says, Aha! 
I've saved you, your majesty. I've cured you, your majesty. And I've taken your sons-in-law as my servants. Plus, look at my fucking awesome hair. And my suit. <laughs> my fucking suit. The king is amazed, Tom, he and retires... Feathers. It's kind of... <laughs> and it was super cheap. And it's white with zebra boots. <laughs> and like any good pimp, I've branded these two <laughs> The king is amazed by his style. By the style of this Eastern European royalty. And retires on the spot, making Fat his heir. Fat releases his two Ponzi slave brothers, who are now eternally grateful and become loyal friends and advisors to him. And everyone, Tom, lives happily ever after, except the dead hermit, the poor gardener, and the freshly milked and wounded goat who's just been rubbed all over the face of an aged monarch. <laughs> so there you go, Tom. That is the bizarre story of the world's worst gardener slash borderline sex offender slash horse whisperer. Hang on a second, Tom. Wooing underage girls whilst wearing fabulous clothes and surrounded by mythical creatures. Fuck, this isn't a Romanian fairy tale at all. It's the origin story of David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie. Romanian fairy tale. <laughs> David Bowie with his fucking useless horse. Ground control to talking horse. <laughs> Have your sugar lumps and put your saddle on. This is ground control to stalking horse. How will we defeat the opponents in this very strange civil war in front of us? That was caused by an apple lobbing princess. <laughs> Ch-ch-ch-changes I've got three changes of suits Ch-ch-changes Each more fabulous than the last I like changing Whilst misbehaving In the garden Oh dear and the papers want to know what suits you wear. <laughs> With your long, blonde, flowing, pissy, smelling hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could do this for hours, but I feel like we should move on. <laughs> None of those scripted, by the way. All off the cuff. What a treat. Still, <laughs> quite, pleased, quite pleased with that, I'm, actually. I'm still, I'm still looking through David Bowie's songs. We've done Elton John. Um, I'm fairly sure we've done Queen. I don't think we've ever really gone through the David Bowie back catalogue. I don't think we have. Mm. Uh, that, w- that was that was wonderful, sir. Uh, Suitably silly, I think. I reckon... Did you get that off Project Gutenberg? That book? No. Mm. I was looking up Orchard-related mythology. <laughs> Orchard-related mythology. Got you. And I actually stumbled across it um, because I was looking up different fruits and I typed in melons. And that was the uh-huh. reference. Uh, uh-huh. You did. Did you? Woof. Eh? Mm? I did. Mm? Oh. <laughs> I say. Well, that was that was fantastic, Sam. We can always fall back on um, silly mythology whenever. We can. It's a safe bet when we've got very little time. It is, absolutely, yeah. Um, well, yes, well, I'm... <laughs> how do I... How do I... <laughs> 
do I follow that? <laughs> yeah. How do I segue that into a strange little anecdote I've written? <laughs> uh, well, yes. Yeah, so I, I started this week. Let's try again. I started this week <laughs> wondering where I could go with my research for gardening week, and I, I, I knew it had been a hot week. And so I thought I would uh, check in with Shazza down on the village common. It's a hot fucking week. I am stuck to my chair right now. We've had a faux leather office chair. Oh, we've had thunder and lightning. Very, very frightening this afternoon. Oh, yeah. So I, I thought I'd go down and check on on Shazza. Um, for people who haven't listened to this podcast for very long, Shirley Bassey lives down on the village common under under a under a under cardboard wheelbarrow. box. Oh, it's a wheelbarrow. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a wheelbarrow. Sometimes she lives under a cardboard box if it's getting warmer. That's her That's her studio, her artist studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes there when she's writing songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're supposed to um, do that in hot weather, aren't you? You're supposed to go down and look after, you know, elderly neighbours. Yes, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shazza was doing okay. She had captured a few, few frogs from the river and was using them to keep herself cool. It was quite ingenious. She, oh, she had them in a bucket. Now, you see, I was you had me up until this point, Tom. <laughs> Now I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> she had them in a bucket and occasionally just put one on her forehead just to keep her cool. <laughs> um, anyway, I stopped to have a little chat over a packet of spicy knickknacks um, and we got talking about a topic for this week's podcast. As we were talking, I heard a strange voice outside Shazza's cardboard box. Girl, you think <laughs> I'm sexy, Shirley? Do you want my body? And I looked out and there he was, Rod Stewart, all two foot of him with his big pointy nose oh, wiggling cranky. his little ass in a pair of ridiculously tight tartan trousers. Oh, perfect! Here we was you. he wearing his? Was he wearing his heels? He was, yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to say that's that's how you get all two foot of him. It's two foot tall and two inches worth of heels. Yeah, goes, absolutely. Who are you? He shouted. I mean, ord- ordinarily, an eighteen-inch rod is something to be proud of, but in this case, <laughs> <laughs> uh, never going to get struck by that lightning, is he? <laughs> no. Who are you? He shouted. Do you think I'm sexy? Do you want my body? Well, it turns out that Rodney is living with Shirley. Starting to sound a bit like fat bastard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's deliberate. Um, well, it turns out that Rodney is living with Shirley for a while until Rodney tries to overcome his bovril addiction. But anyway, oh God. I'm digressing. Bless him. Once Rodney had calmed down and stopped asking everyone if they thought he was sexy. It's a crippling problem. It is bovril addiction, especially if you're only two foot tall. It just goes straight through you, bovril. Oh yeah, I know. It, it, Hits you, hits you hard and hits you quick. It's like a beef enema. <laughs> we started chatting and Shirley recommended that I research 18th century garden hermits like Rod. It was a fantastic suggestion oh. from her and I'm glad I visited. So that's my topic for the week. 18th century Thanks, Shirley garden hermits and Rod and Rod Stewart. And Rod Stewart, yeah. Have, have you heard of, of these garden hermits in the 18th century? Sure, I, I have heard of them, yes. My mum's a very keen gardener. And um, and being retired as she is, now indulges in her passion by just living in a garden uh, under a rock with a very long beard. Is she? Not a real beard, obviously. A yeah. long beard. Yeah. <clears throat> with frogs? Does she use frogs to cool herself on a hot day? Bloody bloody loves them. Yeah, no. absolutely. Nope. Uh, can't, move, can't move for the little fuckers. She collects them like cats. And they're always willing to provide assistance, aren't they, frogs? Play play the piano surprisingly excellent well. Excellent choral singers. Yeah, excellent choral <laughs> singers, I was going to say. <laughs> Shitty frog chorus gag. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, a concept uh, developed in late 18th century landscape painting called the picturesque style. This is where we're going to start. Before that, it was the not very picturesque landscape style, in which people just drew buses, cars with no wheels on bricks. 
Liverpool. <laughs> a hill. <laughs> yeah. Just a hill, out of focus, and slightly An off ugly to the hill. side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like a Harry. Just a hill. Harry, a Harry Hill. Harry Hill. <laughs> out of focus, off to one side. <laughs> yeah. um, this style of painting emphasised ruggedness, irregularity and texture. Paintings were composed in a more natural and less formal way than they had been before. And it was argued that this picturesque style of painting was somewhere between the sublime and the beautiful, which are two really rather tricky philosophical terms describing aesthetic qualities. Um, sublime being mm. big, natural and awe-inspiring, like a mountain. Beautiful being well-formed and lovely, like a nice piece of jewellery. And I'm not going to get into this in much detail because I found it quite confusing. It's not really my bag. Um, but anyway, <laughs> lots of people in the 18th century liked arguing about um, aesthetic qualities. Yes, you like to draw... Hulk Hogan Nops. and Stone Cold Steve <laughs> yeah. Austin. Have you seen that? I've uploaded that. <laughs> I haven't seen the latest patron. Okay. It's patron-exclusive. Doodle. There's a nice little nice that was genius. Being chased by um, oh, beautiful by who is it? Horace, Horace the Marrow Whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> Last week's episode. How would you describe your aesthetic style, Tom? <laughs> Byro. How are yes. <laughs> Smudged Byro <laughs> on toilet paper. <laughs> no, the paper is actually the only thing there that is of good quality. That's proper watercolor paper. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste. I know, what a waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, it absorbs all my sneeze, though, nicely. Beautiful. Um, anyway, um, followers of the p- picturesque style enjoyed paintings of, of ruined castles covered in graffiti with discarded tins of cheap lager everywhere, or Roman temples that fell down long ago <laughs> and are now covered in goat shit, or even Hindu shrines complete with cow's head head-butting tourists and litter everywhere. <laughs> These were wild and natural landscapes, where nature was overthrowing the buildings of man with their straight lines, their right angles and their perfect finishes. Beautiful. Now, this picturesque style <laughs> influenced landscape gardeners such as the famous Capability Brown. Do you know what Capability Brown's first name was? It's a wonderful first name. In. <laughs> That was his brother. He <laughs> was never very good at anything. <laughs> Useless, he was. Yeah, terrible, terrible guy. <laughs> I, I don't know what Capability Brown's name was. Lancelot. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that is a, that's a big name to live up to, isn't it? Lancelot Capability Brown. You can't be a pussy if you've been christened Lancelot, can you? No, well, I don't think it's legally allowed. No, absolutely, you'll have your name taken away from you. You will, or your Tour de France victories. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was dope a lot. <laughs> Sorry, yes, that's right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lancer shot. <laughs> yeah. So um, Lancelot Capability Brown preferred irregular, flowing, naturalistic landscapes similar to the picturesque style. This was in contrast to the formal French garden style. For those who don't know, Brown was a very successful landscaper who designed gardens for wealthy Georgians in the in England. And um, as part of his style of landscape gardening, there were follies introduced into gardens. Follies being yeah. false historical ruins. Yeah. Often they uh, get done up on grand designs. I've seen a few follies on grand designs that are quite entertaining. <laughs> I mean, there's generally quite a lot of folly going on in grand there designs. There is, isn't there? Have you ever bothered oh. to research what happens to the houses, and more importantly, the families, after these houses are complete? <laughs> uh, I, they, in fact, there was an article, someone posted an article on Facebook the other day, basically 
looking at the <laughs> the ruins, the new age follies that are grand designed houses. Yeah, a lot of the marriages don't make it through, <laughs> or they do. They make it through to the final shoot. Yes, <laughs> where where everything's wrapped up and uh, the marriage breaks up immediately afterwards. So <laughs> it's not like it doesn't encourage you to. Uh, get your own house built. So I should add that these follies were also influenced by the Grand Tours that were popular amongst wealthy young adults. These Grand Tours were basically backpacking trips around Europe looking at places of cultural significance, like Roman ruins in Rome. And uh, the wealthy backpackers would return home and think, I like those ruins, but someone else has already pinched the sculptures, so I'll build my own one in my garden. Yes. What's the natural progression from owning a big estate with lovely naturalistic gardens and a few follies... What do you think, Sam? Oh, uh, hosting the garden parties to end all garden parties. Not far hosting off. Hosting Gardener's World. That would be good. Inviting uh, Alan Titchmarsh around. Yes, for, yeah. For a game of cribbage. <laughs> um, why, of course, it is to hire someone to live in your folly, like a smelly hermit. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an advertisement from 1797. Quote. A real, a real advertisement? This is a real advertisement from 1797. Oh, wow. The hermit is never to leave the place or hold conversation with anyone for seven years, during which he is neither to wash himself or cleanse himself in any way whatever, but is to let his hair and nails, both on hands and feet, grow as long as nature will permit them. <laughs> Just a suggestion for the person who was uh, writing this advert. Have a child and wait until the age of 13. <laughs> yes. You'll then have a creature in your house for seven years who does not wash enough, does not converse, and is happy living in a smelly hovel. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Although I feel like if you went down into the hermit's hermitorium, or whatever it's called, hermitage... Hermito- her- hermitage. <laughs> hermitage. <laughs> the hermitorium. The hermitorium. What you would not be expecting to see in there, once the kind of the scrabbling, skulking figure inside has gotten out of the way, is uh, large amounts of pornography... <laughs> Socks. Yes. Very oh. damp oh, socks. Oh, no. <laughs> everywhere. Get out. Oh. Knock the door after you. <laughs> yeah. Knock on the door of the hermitage and a shout comes out from inside. I hate you. You're not my, you're not my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come in. <laughs> Darling, where's the, where's the catalogue, the Littlewoods catalogue? I don't know. Anyway. Um, Honourable Charles Hamilton hired a hermit for Paynes Hill Park, his estate in Surrey. The hermit was hired for seven years. Here's Hamilton's advert. He shall be provided with a Bible, optical glasses, a mat for his feet, a hassock for his pillow, an hourglass for time, please, whatever for his beverage and food from the house. He must wear a camlet robe and never, under any circumstances, must he cut his hair, beard or nails, stray beyond the limits of Mr Hamilton's grounds or exchange one word with the servant. (laughs) Very, very strict. Sold. I'll take it. <laughs> I was about to say, it sounds quite good. It does. Um, a hermit was hired on this occasion, but only lasted three weeks because he was found in a local pub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Why didn't you come down here? It's not what it looks like. <laughs> oh, you're just having a point. Have you shaved as well? Oh, my, my, nope, baby. Nope, I, I, I'm not on a date. You're on a date. <laughs> <laughs> I said specifically in the advert, no Tinder. <laughs> right there under no shaving and no talking to the servants. There's no Tinder. <laughs> You're supposed to be a hermit. It's not Tinder, it's Grinder. <laughs> you shut up. I'm not talking to you. 
Can someone please help me try and escort my hermit back home? <laughs> He's been most disagreeable. <laughs> the disagreeable hermit. <laughs> he refuses to leave the pub because he's having such a good time. <laughs> no, I'm making friends. <laughs> thought I'd, I thought I'd stay here tonight. You're, Much more you're a hermit. Drafty. You're a hermit. You can't stay here. <laughs> it's not a hermitage or a hermitorium. It's a pub. <laughs> I built you a hermitage right down by the lake. It looks like a medieval castle that's it's fallen got over. Everything a hermit could need: cobwebs, moss, fuck all else, rats, <laughs> a frog for keeping you cool. <laughs> it's got all the rats you can eat and enslave. <laughs> all the rats that you could trade up for your own football team. <laughs> what market do you want? Anyway, was I in my notes? Um, here's a wannabe hermit actually advertising in a paper from 1810. So this is the other way round. Here's someone wanting to be a hermit. A young man who wishes to retire from the world and live as a hermit in some convenient spot in England is willing to engage with any nobleman or gentleman who may be desirous of having one. Any letter addressed to S. Lawrence, post page, to be left at Mr. Otten's number 6 Coleman Lane, Plymouth. Mentioned what gratuity will be given and all other particulars will be duly attended. I'm a scrounger, yes. and I'm looking for someone to scrounge off. <laughs> New tenants have been listed on spareroom.co.uk. <laughs> um, but what did these hermits look like, I hear the audience cry? Well, here's a 1784 description of a resident hermit on Hawkston Estate in Shropshire. 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 You pull a bell and gain admittance. The hermit is generally in a sitting posture with a table before him on which is a skull, the emblem of mortality, an hourglass, a book and a pair of spectacles. The venerable barefooted father, whose name is Francis, if awake, always rises up to the approach of strangers. He seems about 90 years of age, yet has all the sense to admiration. He is tolerably conversant and far from being unpolite. Ah, Lovely Hello, man. Nice to see you. What would you like to find out about? <laughs> I'm Father Francis, I'm 90 years old, and uh, you rang my bell. <laughs> bell. You rang my rang bell. My bell. <laughs> I'm the boogie and hermit. <laughs> Watch these rats dance. <laughs> Ring my bell. <laughs> bell. Squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> yeah. I'm the disco hobo. <laughs> <laughs> the pop pariah <laughs> the hermit with a permit for sound crop <laughs> <laughs> <Drop> the bass <laughs> nice um, if you couldn't find a hermit to live permanently in a cold damp corner of your estate you could just hire someone on a temporary basis in 1763 for birthdays the, weddings and bar mitzvahs you mean not far off okay the, the, the botanist Gilbert White had some guests over um, at his estate uh, in Selborne, or Selborne Estate. To really put on a show, White asked his brother to pose as a wizened old hermit. One guest, the wonderfully named Miss Catherine Batty, wrote in her diary, <laughs> In the middle of tea we had a visit from the old hermit. His appearance made me start. Never shall I forget the happiness of this day. <laughs> Easily pleased. <laughs> oh, look! A smelly person. <laughs> yes, somewhat awful. <laughs> This lady should go on a trip. Should go on a day trip to Cambridge because there are lots of tramps everywhere, and they're all willing to offer advice. <laughs> so she'd be in her element. 
Nice. Um, at Wodehouse in Wombourne, Staffordshire, there was a mechanical <laughs> Wode hermit. Wodehouse in Wombourne? Yeah, Wodehouse in Wombourne. It's great, isn't it? This is where the Wombles originally lived before the rent got too expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Wimbles of Wombourne. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a mechanical hermit because the owner, the loser, couldn't afford the real thing. Oh. So he got a Here robo hermit. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Here he is, our own resident hermit. He is very sage, and weirdly, he has sage growing out of his ears. Anyway, say something, hermit. Press his play button. I want your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. (laughs) I'm sure you do, you smelly old thing. Come with me if you want to live. Oh, how I would love to. To release the bonds of modernity, to break the shackles of civilization, and to live more simply with pureness in my whole... In my hole, in my soul. <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> da 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 That would be a her- that would be a cool hermitage. Hang on, where's my where's my robo hermit gone? Oh, he's left a note. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Come to get milk. <laughs> yeah. I ran out of cheese. <laughs> What's that, Robo Hermit? Poor Wi Fi connection. <laughs> Please download Essential Update. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I've got the Duke of Marlborough coming round in 10. <laughs> Still downloading. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Father Francis, who I mentioned earlier, was actually replaced with a model after he popped his smelly, well-worn clogs. Presumably oh. <laughs> something bought in auction. David Gandhi. <laughs> Presumably. <laughs> Naomi Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Why Naomi Campbell? Just a model. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing there. Just knock on the hermitage door and someone comes voguing out in their pants. <laughs> Banging their head on the rafters. <laughs> Shooting a pose. Blue solitude. <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. No, 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 not terminate. No, I'm Heidi Klum. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so um, they bought a model, presumably something bought in auction, uh, in an auction of old Disney World props. It activated when you entered the Hermitage and started singing, I'm the king of the swingers. <laughs> it's a small world after all. <laughs> <laughs> swinging side to side. <laughs> um, I also read somewhere that it wasn't uncommon for the Hermits to do a bit of light work around the gardens or pour drinks at garden parties. I personally love to be waited upon by someone who hasn't washed for years and whose 12-inch fingernails scrape your face as you're offered a canapé. <laughs> yes, champagne from a paper bag, sir. <laughs> would, you, would you like gravy from through my pocket? Yes, sir. <laughs> I have lamb gravy in my right pocket and beef gravy in my left. Um, watches it dribbles down my leg <laughs> onto your plate. Excuse me, madam, can I interest you in a bin volivant? <laughs> <laughs> this one is a raccoon's toenail and a bottle top. <laughs> Rat kebab, anyone? Rat kebab. <laughs> Didn't turn up to practice two days on the trot, so this one got kebabbed. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, these these uh, resident hermits. <laughs> moss on a shoe, anyone? Moss on a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the freshest moss, the ripest shoe. <laughs> Don't worry uh, about the shit on the top. Throw it away. It's coriander. <laughs> Funnily enough, there was I came across something. There was a famous hermit, not a garden hermit, but there was a famous hermit who lived in a cave somewhere in England around the same time. And his shoes are still in a museum somewhere in England. And the shoes are just like massive great clogs. Because every time this hermit got a hole in his leather shoes, he'd go down to the village and they'd give him some patches of leather for free that he would smack onto his shoe. Oh. And so his shoes are just like six inches thick with patches of leather. Oh, nice. Anyway, um, these uh, resident hermits were connected to a concept of pleasing melancholy, which, as far as I could understand, was a pretentious concept created by noble Englishmen and women with too much time on their hands. It was something to do with the wonders of exploring the depths of one's emotions. Mm. Right, by laughing at the poor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why is there so much darkness in my being? Oh, what is it to be alive, the light and the shade, the demons within? Oh, pleasing melancholy, when will you release me from your unbreakable grip? Don't release me, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> uh, excuse me, my lord, would you mind uh, getting out of my oval? I need a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you want fucking melancholy, you big pasty skin, slack jawed, flower scented ponce? Try walking on the railways. Or maybe down a mine, or perhaps you'd like to die building a suspension bridge. My wife had 20 children, all but one of them died in childbirth. My wife's dead too, she died of cholera. I've got no legs and I'm blind in both eyes, but I still have to work 14-hour days as a mould for cast iron. They pour the stuff right down my throat, comes out my arse as a rivet. <laughs> Melancholy, my burnt arse. Oh, my poor, poor man, I'd stand and shake your hand, but I've got a terrible erection. <laughs> <laughs> Such pleasing, Hermit. such pleasing Hermit. melancholy. <laughs> Hermit, come over here. <laughs> what did you want? Not you, Heidi. What did you want? <laughs> Not you, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, that, that's me done. You want me to sit on your chopper? Fuck off, Heidi. Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, Tom. Very good. Suitably silly episode. Oh, it was a very silly episode. Um, uh, History Light. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's certainly richer in silliness than history. Mm, Yeah. But at the same time... went that way. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Same time, that that is this podcast, isn't it? Would you ever be a hermit yourself? I mean, I pretty much am a hermit anyway, Sam. I'm to a degree. I'm probably up the hermity end of the spectrum. You are. You're a hermit with a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That, a very twenty first century in podcast. Week, yeah, in the week. Yeah. yeah, I would probably quite like living in a hole. I'd like to be able to do my nails, and I'd probably like to have a hot bath. But mm, down the bottom <laughs> of the garden with no one to talk to, I could probably do most of that. Yeah, fair enough. I wonder when they died out as a as a breed, the hermit. As a breed, <laughs> I blame social media <laughs> when they stopped taking them to agricultural shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The best a nice in, hermit, this one. The, the best in show hermit, just slapping him on the arse. All right, good flank on that one. <laughs> all, the ma- all the male hermits rubbing their thighs up against Heidi Klum. <laughs> God. Oh, God. On that note, uh, 
if you're a patron thank you for your continued support uh, you'll be getting your refunds for the little summer holiday through soon if you're not a patron you've just uh, you've just witnessed a glimpse of what you've missed there are I think about 25 patron exclusive episodes now and they could be yours they could be yours for just three, four or five pounds a month uh, or equivalent in the currency of your choice. Go to patreon.com slash that was genius. And as we've hinted, you also get Tom's doodles every episode. Yeah, so that, my yeah. doodles. Finished one off earlier on today. It's got Hulk Hogan reading the story, Aristophanes. It's got Stone Cold Steve Austin Ooh. reading some Homeric epic. Oh, yeah. And it's got a guy flying through the air on a flaming cartwheel. Mmm. Boom. Boom ting. Uh, so, yeah, that's patreon.com slash that was genius. We'll be back in three weeks' time. Oh, we need to choose a topic, don't we? We haven't got one lined up. I think because we're going to release this one to the public, it'll be a patrons one we're doing next. So, let's think of one for the patrons when we get back, and then one for the public. I'm going to put it out there. What, sorry? Spam. 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 Okay. Probably can't do much with that. Um, <laughs> furniture. Furniture, um, public speaking, speeches. Bad weather. Speeches. Let's do speeches. <laughs> All right, don't take any of my suggestions then. <laughs> speeches. All your suggestions were terrible. We can do I furniture like you if you said like. Speeches, like you actually had considered my <laughs> suggestions. I, I, do you know yeah, what? How about speeches? Do you know what? All right, okay, fuck it. Let's do one of your suggestions. You came up with some good ones. Do you want to do furniture or bad weather? Speeches. Okay. Now that you say them back to me, they're not very good suggestions. Speeches. <laughs> okay, let's do speeches. And then, should we do? It was a suggestion, a relatively recent one, but I think it's quite a good one. Let's do Italy. Italy. But oh, Italy. that was Italian Renaissance. I think you're just making up topics now. No, we were going to do the Renaissance or Italy or rich families behaving badly. Or all we three. We were, were we? We were. They're all three <laughs> are separately on the list. Which of those would you like to do? Let's do Italy. Italy. Va bene. Allora, um, arrivederci, audience. Um, uh, take care. <laughs> Have you just ordered Kellogg's cornflakes or something in Italian? Do you know what? I learned Italian for about three years because my mum lives out there for, God, six months of the year. I can only remember garden, one phrase. Apparently. In a garden. <laughs> I can only remember one phrase, and it's uh, vaguely flirtatious. Mi scusi, hai una mappa perché sono perdo in due occhi. Is your melon ripe yet, madam? <laughs> Excuse me, do you have a map? Because I'm lost in your eyes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thanks, Duolingo. You flirty, saucy little owl. Right, should we say, should we say goodbye, Tom? Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>